from the world to your ears, welcome to Yakin with Yesian, a podcast about music and its business, featuring your host, Dan Yesian. I am so happy to tell you that I am sitting here with someone that I really did not know. His name is John Zadikian. John's connection to me would be through his uh, uncles, mm-hmm. Simon Javesian yes. and Gary Javesian. Correct, yeah. And uh, Simon Javesian was the leader of an Armenian band called the Ardziv Band. Mm-hmm. And I did not know Simon that well, mm-hmm. except that he's a funeral director. That's right. Yeah. For all the Armenian people. That's right, yeah. And uh, I know, of course, very well your other uncle, Gary Javesian. Mm-hmm. So we had this opportune time to finally meet which was at the opening of our premiere for an Armenian trilogy. Mm-hmm. And you had been assigned to be the uh, moderator. Right. I still didn't know who you were, but they said, this man, <laughs> this man, John Zadikian, is going to do this mm-hmm. in talking to the producer. Yeah. So, uh, which was, okay, this is great mm-hmm. because this man is Armenian. Mm-hmm. And I had understood that you had a connection also at that point mm-hmm. with, and still do, with mm-hmm. a classical music station. Correct, yes. I felt compelled to bring you on so that we could talk about that. But mm-hmm. to find out, mm-hmm. also, you're involved in so many various and sundry other things that I right. had no idea. So I thought this would be very interesting to speak not just to a fellow Armenian, but somebody sure. who gets probably 11099s by the end of the year <laughs> with everything That's else right. that it is that you yes, do. the government loves me. Yeah, of they course, do. they yeah, would. Yeah, they think it's great, yeah. Tell me about WRCJ, 90.9 on the dial, a full-time classical and jazz station. How did you get involved with them? Uh, WRCJ started in 2005, and this was eight years after the demise of WQRS. And a number of the current on-air talent, including Dave Wagner and, of course, the late Chris Felson, were part of the uh, WQRS stable. So... Long story short, uh, the folks at Detroit Public Television decided to bid to operate the station. It's a Detroit Public Schools, actually, license, or it was at the time. And I knew a few of the -the behind-the-scenes players, and they called one day to say, your name was recommended to come on the air and help us raise money. Would you be interested? And I had done that briefly when I was at WDET for a time. So I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. I walk in the door, and who do I see but Dave Devereaux, the station manager, whom at that point I remembered meeting about 10 or 15 years prior when I wrote a letter to the editor supporting funding for public television. And he came to my office and filmed a commercial for Channel 56. So I looked at him and I said, you look really familiar to me. And uh, he said, you do as well. So we found that connection. So I went on the air, as, uh, as they do in April and October, uh, to raise necessary funds to operate the station because it's member-supported. So you and I, of course, are the members in member-supported with our pledges of support. And after about a year, uh, I was called back and they said, you know, you're doing great. We really think that you're ready for a prime time. Would you like to work with Dave Wagner? 
mm. who I grew up listening to. So I said, yeah, and yeah. WQRS and, and a number of other yeah. stations, yeah. yeah. And I said, okay, fine. So the first morning I go in, and I walk into the studio, and I extend my hand to Dave Wagner, and he turns around to me, and he said, I've been looking forward to working with you for a long time. And I looked at him. I said, no, no, you're the legend. I get to say that to you. Mm-hmm. And we hit it off like an old married couple from the word go to the point where now when we're on the air together, he could think of a bit or something to say, and he doesn't even have to tell me where it's going. I can follow it. Yeah. And we know what's going to happen. And we just have a great old time. So, John, do you really like classical music? I like all genres of music. Quite, or I should say most. I'll put okay. it to you that way. Um I have WQ. Uh, here we go. I have WRCJ on. I had WQRS on, of course, for years. But when I'm at home working, when I'm in my studio, if I'm writing or doing anything where I'm not recording, mm-hmm. I have it on as background music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy the classical part of the programming, and I'm also a jazz fan. Yeah. So you know, I enjoy the jazz programming at night. So it's definitely the top preset. You know, on my radio. I'm asking the question because with the trilogy that we did, Mm -hmm. I was reticent to do because of the uh, attraction of that particular genre. Mm -hmm. But I was asked and summoned by our priest who said, can you do something? And I didn't, I couldn't do rock and roll to to commemorate (laughs) an Armenian genocide. No, absolutely. Uh, So what would it be? But so that's where I landed. So I'm asking the question because, well, classical music is probably one of the slimmest uh, genres that people are attracted to. Right. And so therefore I was asking, how is it that you would... uh, be inclined to help these folks out it must be difficult to raise funds and to develop something uh in that genre am i right or well it it it's trying you know because of you know over the years with different economic conditions and what have you but the station does enjoy a strong base mm-hmm. of donors uh and a wide range of donors and quite honestly uh dan and i have friends of mine who are really not into the music but they know that I'm going to be on the radio on a certain morning, and they'll tune in because who knows what kind of crazy stuff we're going to get involved in. So, Or what you're going to say. Or what I'm going to say, right. So, I mean, it's not, it's not anything where, you know, it's very highbrow and, you know, very boring. We have a great time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, most often we have guests that come in uh, that are supporters of the station, and they're on the air with us, and we just we have a great time. And, of course, they come from different backgrounds. And don't forget, too, this is a kid who had a lot of different music playing in the house, Keener 13, CKLW. Oh, yeah. Mom loved classical, so I went to Detroit Symphony Orchestra concerts when I was a kid. Mm. You know, So I've been brought up with a number of different genres of music right. to appreciate it. So my tastes are pretty much all over the map. Did you hear Armenian music in the house? Uh, absolutely yeah absolutely yeah especially with uh, simon uh, uh, yeah sure and, and the band yeah, uh, yeah. wore out about three of the uh, the yards of albums yeah absolutely really? <laughs> well because it was always on yeah you know sure yeah yeah absolutely but you're a funder you help people raise funds for different organizations Correct. for different things yeah. so it's not just about this particular station it no. also involves if you could speak to it the uh, uh dearborn uh, education foundation correct and uh, yeah. other charitable organizations mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how does that all go the dearborn education foundation is a nonprofit organization that raises funds 
that allows teachers within the Dearborn Public School District to apply for grants for different things uh, that are necessary in the classroom that aren't typically funded in the general budget. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of us on the board, and we're you know the mayor is on the board with us, the city council president, you know prominent attorneys, you know regular people like me. We all come together, and I'm actually part of the grants committee. So everyone who submits a grant, we thoroughly look at what they're looking for if they've raised money toward that amount. They're asking for a thousand dollars, and they've raised five hundred. Maybe they're asking us for five hundred. Right. So we look at the need and see what's happening there, and we rarely you know, uh, turn one down. Mm -hmm. There are some things that we don't feel like field trips. That's not something that we do within the foundation, but anything within the classroom, you know, we'll definitely do that. So I was, you know, started getting involved in that about three years ago and, uh, been involved with the Dearborn Heights Goodfellows and in raising money. And with and, the Goodfellows, you've yeah. been with them for eons, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, since 1988, I started selling papers, and in 1990-ish, I was elected to the board. Young guy with a cell phone, so I get the calls all the time. <laughs> so the Goodfellows, part of that is uh, no child without a Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You also write for the newspapers. I you're, do. You're an on-air guy. You yeah. do commercials. You yeah. do everything. I do you're, everything. You're ubiquitous. I, you're, I do everything, yes. Wow. Yeah. So voiceover. You do voiceover work mm-hmm. for what? Commercials? or for? I do commercials. Um, I also have a client in suburban Philadelphia that does uh, HD video tours of mm-hmm. homes that are for sale. Mm-hmm. So they will send me the script. Hmm. I don't see the home. I just get the script. So if they're telling me that the home has lush pergola, I have to make this like it's property brothers good. And I bet you could you do know, that very I well. I do it very well. Yeah. And um, the, the company actually that, uh, that I contract with that does that kind of work is also involved in that area of right. Pennsylvania doing other um, videos for nonprofits. Uh, it's unbeknownst to me, it's wine country up that way, which mm. I had no idea. So we just finished a series of videos for the wineries in that area in which you know i'm obviously doing voice work for that right in describing what's what and then my business partner here at home does video work we're heavily involved in our chamber of commerce and do a number of uh event productions for them in the audio visual realm Mm -hmm. so he is a still photographer and a videographer who will freely admit that he can't write or speak worth a darn so that's where i come in Okay. And we work well together because he sees visually, of course, being a visual, much like, you know, you described in the movie about like hearing things right. sort of visually in your head. That's what he does. I'm so. always hearing things, but that's yeah. not true. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. That's very, what we do. So a cool. number of different things that we get involved in. So. And it was such a delightful thing to meet you at that uh, opening for the uh, premiere of the right. this business of Armenian Trilogy. But at mm-hmm. the same time, speaking of an Armenian, mm-hmm. of Armenians, mm-hmm. do you mind my asking you what you think of this resolution that just passed by the House uh, with recognition of an Armenian genocide mm-hmm. some 100 plus five years ago, and now we're awaiting a senatorial alliance with what the House voted on or approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts about that? I think it's 105 years overdue, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Um, it's... 
not something that I can't comprehend as to why it wasn't done before. I mean, there are reasons out there if folks want to dive into it. I think it's long overdue. And I would hope that in the Senate and as a country as a whole, that we could finally embrace the fact that this was indeed a genocide. Facts are facts. And I'm a firm believer that if you don't recognize something like that, whether it's us as Armenians or Darfur or wherever ethnic cleansing is happening, it's wrong. And we're doomed to repeat it as a society if we don't recognize it. And that's the sad part. With some, maybe a likelihood, I hope not, that it might still continue on today with uh, Armenia and uh, and Turkey, as it were. Yeah. You came in this uh, afternoon, Yes. uh, to my surprise, (laughs) with... uh, with food. Yes. It's not all Armenian food. No. Uh, but me and my producer, Ohad Wilner, were yeah. looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, this is something we could really get into. I just want to, uh, let me let me reach across okay. and get this box. Yeah. We have, yeah. Uh, John Zadi can bring us a sampling of some food. Now, mm-hmm. these are not necessarily Armenian foods. They're, those, these are meat pies. These are meat pies. Actually, yeah. But you brought in another thing. Yeah. Can you uh, show us? I can there you go. What would you call that? This is this, well. This is a a, uh, a delicacy, if you will, made from the same dough right. as the meat pie. But the filling is like a a sujuk sort of combination. Right. So sujuk, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit spicier. Okay. As opposed to the meat pie. Right. So it's very good. What is that? What is sujuk? Sujuk is a. Do we want to know? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, go ahead. It's it's a sausage okay. with various spices in it right. and its own casing. Right. And uh, that if people are familiar with Middle Eastern cuisine, mm-hmm. that is made quite frequently throughout the Middle East. Right. Uh, in Armenia and, of course, different countries. Yeah, it all kind of yeah. transcends over to other places, right? Yeah. Like uh, it could be uh, uh, Syrian or Iraqi right. or whatever. I mean, it all yeah. is in that part place where, yeah it's all it's all uh, the same you know part of I the mean, world i've always yeah. thought that for example pilaf and shish kebab were exclusive to armenians yeah, but not necessarily not. so no, no now i don't know about bastarma mm-hmm. bastarma is uh i don't even know how to describe that i'm not well, good at this stuff <laughs> pastorma is uh like a wait middle- a minute did you say past i see yeah i was knew you were going to say that i say pastorma Really? Yes. I thought it was with a B. Well, that depends on what part of the world you're from. There you go. Because my any of my Middle Eastern Lebanese friends who might be listening to this or who know me, mm-hmm. when they say basturma, I tease him because like you're wrong. That's the wrong way to pronounce it. No kidding. It's the wrong way to to pronounce it. That's me. But yeah. there's a difference because I speak the old Western Armenian. And now the Eastern Armenian, which is different, it's more of a Russianized Armenian language. They don't use the letter P; they use B. So you're right because yeah. uh, the difference between Badev and Padev. Yeah, uh, Padev would be hello or yeah. in Armenian, but yeah. that would be more uh, Western. Right. And Badev is more yeah. Eastern, Eastern, closer because it's yeah. th- this this proximity with Russia. Yeah. Which I found out that I did not understand anybody mm-hmm. in Armenia when I was there for this yeah. uh, music. Yeah. I had no idea what they were talking about, this Eastern yeah. Armenian. 
And yeah. as a matter of fact, OHAD helped us arrange the translation into five languages with mm-hmm. with our film. And um, we had gone to Russia, mm-hmm. not gone physically, but we had yeah. contacted somebody in Russia mm-hmm. with an Armenian woman that was at this translation firm ah, over okay. there to translate into Eastern Armenia, okay. this, this film. So that's yeah. quite interesting. Actually. And pasturma or basturma, whatever you want to call it, right. is not even the Armenian word for that food. What is it? Apucht. Come on. I'm serious. My Uncle Gary told me that, and I thought he was kidding. What does Gary know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have, I, we don't have time to not, get into Gary, this. Gary, you're not listening. Oh, he's right? listening, trust me. <laughs> you're listening to Yakin with Yassian. Visit danyessian.com and sign up for the newsletter to receive all the latest content, including vlogs, podcasts, and all things related to Dan's feature work and Armenian trilogy. Now back to the conversation. It's interesting that you have some kind of an alliance with our producer, Ohad Wilner, mm-hmm. who's into watches. Yes. Uh, Ohad, uh, we know that you're uh, a lover of watches and you repair watches. You yeah. found that to be a hobby of yours uh, of late, but uh, mm-hmm. you guys linked up about that stuff mm-hmm. because you do this kind of the same thing. Do you repair watches? No. You don't repair it. You, I just buy them. You buy them. <laughs> that's a lot easier, <laughs> especially easier for that, Armenians. That's right. A lot you know? easier that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, we don't repair things as no. Armenians. We, no. My trademark is the hammer. If there's something yeah. that's broke, I take the hammer and try to fix it. Yeah. But um, yeah. so what is it with you and watches? Though? Well, years ago when I was knee-high to a June bug, as they say, I grew up watching Captain Kangaroo, who was, of course, our Armenian brother, Bob Kashishian. Bob Kashishian. Does anybody know that yeah. out there? Yeah. Well, maybe they don't. I don't know. But if you remember the show, mm-hmm. Grandfather Clock was one of the characters and the clock talked and the eyes moved and as a five-year-old or whatever it was i was fascinated by it Mm. so that sort of got me started right you know with clocks and watches and that sort of thing right and uh kindergarten we did a little play for the moms one day for mother's day and i had one minute to do my little spiel Mm -hmm. so of course you have to look at a clock or a watch to time yourself (laughs) and the rest is history Wow. Yeah, the rest is history. So, Especially in the business of on-air personality yeah. or voiceover or whatever, you are beholden to you time. Are. You are, definitely. Yeah. As in our business with making music for commercials, yeah. it's either going to be 30 seconds or 60 seconds on the nose. It yeah. can't be 31. Nope. Um, can't, be in, yeah. can't be 57. It can't be 57. Unless yeah, yeah. you're in Europe and they have a whole different deal there. Yeah. So you can yeah. do uh, anything almost. You yeah. Know, so. John Zadikin. Yes, sir. Uh, Are we done? I think really? so. Really? Do, I think we do you want to do you want to talk about anything else? Keep, keep ask me anything. We can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, all no, day. I, I enjoy I have talking to you. <laughs> You're a fascinating person. Thank I you. you know that you Appreciate do all that. these things. When so well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What did you have aspirations uh, to do any of what you're currently doing when you were back in high school? I don't know what college or whatever that was. I Back in kindergarten, again, getting back to the Mother's Day tea, right. I was the, for whatever reason, I was picked as the radio announcer man wow. for that particular play. Mm-hmm. So I did a little shtick. A little song, a little dance, a little mm-hmm. seltzer. You know how that mm-hmm. works. Yep. And the kids were <laughs> the kids were clapping, and it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. So 
got involved on the old mimeograph machine making a school newspaper. Right. When junior high started, which tells you how old I am, um, video was, home video was big. Mm-hmm. So the school had a camera and a real old three-quarter inch deck, and they said, have at it. Do whatever you want to do with it. Wow. So by the time I got to high school, I took theater, I took speech, I took, uh, I was on the newspaper staff, mm. um, and I knew that I was at least going to go to Spex Howard to get some training. Right. You know, and move on from there. And they're still around. There's specs is still around. Yeah. I have yeah, I have breakfast with one of my old teachers every six weeks, and I make Ooh. him pay for it. Dick Kernan. I know Dick. I know you do. What yeah. a great guy. Yeah, such a yeah. masterful teacher. And, yeah, uh, inspirator. Yeah, if there's such a word, is there such a word uh, as inspirator? Oh, how yeah. do you yeah. know everything. Yeah, inspire. Yeah, okay, inspire. That's, that's yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've I've known, and uh, really though, in, in my earlier years, I wanted to be a TV news anchor. Mm. I wanted to be that guy anchoring the six o'clock news. So when I met our other adopted Armenian brother Devin Skillian, I told him that. Right. I said, you know, I wanted to be you when I was growing up. And what did Devin? What did Devin say about <laughs> he that? He just he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he helped us out quite a bit during the genocide centennial four years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, called him up and I told him, I said, you know, we need a little help getting the word out because I was in charge of all the the public relations for everything going on in Detroit that year. Right. So I said, you know, we need your help in telling the story. So, That's great. And he came through. It's great to have yeah. that kind of support, especially yeah. since, yeah. Uh, as I've found out through the years, more and more uh, people don't know about any Armenian genocide. I yeah. mean, it's still, it's still covered, not covered up, but it's just yeah. not uh, made prominent. So yeah, it's kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. Well, and, and from Ohad, yeah. who is an yeah. Israeli, yeah, uh, you would know more than I uh, how. The Jews have been at getting the word yeah. out about yeah. what happened in the 40s. And yeah, I just find it true. difficult to believe that the Armenians have not had that ability to be able to do that. I'm still a little confused as to why. Yeah. Do you have any thought about that? Well, I'll, I'll say this much. Um, when I was a full-time newspaper reporter mm-hmm. um, at the, the Dearborn Press and Guide, I started writing more and more about the genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was when I was full time. This was thirty-ish years ago, yeah. and so the the Middle Eastern population, as far as the like the first generation that was Westernized, right. you know, in this area, um, they had no idea, none, mm-hmm. no clue, yeah. you know. And these mm-hmm. were Chaldeans, you know, Lebanese Muslim, what Syrian, you name it. They you just would, they had would, no idea. You would think that they. Would. You would think that they would, but they didn't. So it was an education for me, mm-hmm. you know, in learning that and educating them as far as what happened. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's when I sort of realized, you know, I'm onto something here. We need to keep doing this. Yeah. So back during the 90th anniversary, my uncle Gary uh, got me involved in the group that was doing that commemoration, which was happened to be in Dearborn that year, mm-hmm. and all the senators and the you know House of Representatives and all those folks from around the area here and priests and what have you. We had a room of about I think maybe a thousand people, mm-hmm. you know, that day. We picked ninety villages, and we had 
90 villages that in, were impacted by the genocide in they would be have been in turkey well or, yeah or, or yeah yeah in modern day turkey See, uh, yeah. people don't people yeah. think armenia is armenia and turkey is turkey right but we had a diaspora and we, we did and yeah. we had a lot of people armenians living in turkey and right everywhere else for that yeah matter. yeah 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 so it was then that a lot of what we call odars or mm-hmm. non-armenians mm-hmm. who happened to be in attendance their eyes were opened mm-hmm. as to what was happening so when the opportunity came up for me to be involved in the centennial i didn't hesitate right because we're getting further and further away from the actual events right okay i have members in my own family who they're generations away from what my grandparents went through my grandparents aren't here anymore so there's really no firsthand was there you know was there that experience in that scourge with your grandparents with the turks yes um with my maternal grandmother she lost her father and uncle if i remember the story correctly her her story is actually interesting because she was she was only six or seven at the time maybe eight and was put into an orphanage Hmm. her mother my great-grandmother was actually taken in by turks in constantinople who allowed her to keep in touch and like many of the men back then, my grandfather knew two words at Ellis Island, Ford and Detroit. Wow. So they put him on a train. And, of course, you're getting letters from the old country. You right. know, so-and-so needs to be saved, whatever. Right. So he didn't know my grandmother or her mother because they were from a different village. Mm-hmm. Brought her here, saved her, and her mother married her, started a family. Yeah. Very typical story. Very typical story. You know, from that era. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you could only hope, even though 105 years ago, that we could continue to bring it up to the forefront, as they have in the House of Representatives. Yeah. But uh, let's see what happens with the Senate. Yeah. And, uh, we'll go from there, I Let's suppose. hope. Yeah. John Sadiqin, thank you so much. My, my pleasure, friend. my friend. It was so good to have you here. My and, pleasure. Uh, please, Anytime. Uh, my regards to uh, both your uncles. Who Absolutely. Are, who are characters... In and of themselves. Oh, yes, they are. As we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Simon Javesian and Gary Javesian. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Whose phone numbers are. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Yakin with Yesian. Thanks for tuning in. As always, visit danyesian.com for all the latest content. See you soon.